pays to have good credit. You would always want to be on the side of having good credit. Do you think it pays to have good credit? Welcome to the It Pays to Have Good Credit podcast, where we talk about credit scores, business, finances, and take calls to answer all questions related to those topics. To call in, call 225-243-9700 and press option one to join in. In this episode, we are taking calls from people who are working on their own credit. So people who have bad things like late payments, collection accounts, whatever the case is, if you just decide that you have free time and you want to work on your own credit, this episode here is going to be talking to those people, just giving them some free advice and honestly telling them what I do, you know, on an everyday basis. So we're going to merge in some calls here, Um, you know, just talk about a few things. Most of these people are probably getting um, what we call stall letters, which means the credit bureau send you this letter automatically as soon as they receive your dispute. And it kind of goes like, we don't believe you sent this dispute to us. Uh, We don't have the right to investigate and you know, yada, yada, yada. So we're gonna talk about all of that in this episode, what to do, you know, what happens when you get that, you know, what to do next. Uh, So let's go ahead and take the first call. I got one of those stall letters from experience. So I hopped online because I'm getting ready to call them. And yeah. I, I saw your, your post and you so graciously put your phone number. So I dialed it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting ready, you know, to call them. So. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a lot of times, um, when, when, to be honest, man, those, those credit bureaus, they have been sending those to, just about everybody, um, you know, that has processed a dispute to the credit bureaus. And initially, so what happens is uh, it, this, all this stuff started off years ago. So, uh, you know, people started sending in disputes. And long story short, it got to a point where the credit bureaus were getting over 10,000 mail disputes every single day. Um, oh, so it almost came to a point to where the credit bureaus can't really – I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they can't process them because that's the law, but a lot of times, you know, we, we just starting to believe that those letters just, you know, start to go out automatically because they're just trying to slow down some of the mail disputes. Because the thing is, it, all of our clients pretty much receive some of those, but the disputes are pretty much still being processed. Like we're, we're steady seeing deletions on uh, TransUnion and things like that. Uh, initially, it was just TransUnion. Now, is TransUnion and Experian kind of sending those off and on. So, um, you know, usually it's not nothing, you know, to concern about too much, but it does get annoying. Mm-hmm. So I should call them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I would still call them, you know, just to let them know, like, hey, you know, uh, you do authorize your dispute to still be processed. Um, you know, they may – you know, if you send something else by mail or even online these days, uh, they still may send something to you. But if they keep sending it, I, I wouldn't, you know, stress too much. But it's still a good idea to call them and let them know. Okay. For those of you who are on your phone all day long scrolling through Facebook, go join the It Pays to Have Good Credit Facebook group. In this group, we post daily credit education giving advice on how to increase your credit scores, show how we repair credit, 
literally answer questions that people ask all day long about their credit situation that may be related to yours. So again, if you're on Facebook, just scrolling and looking at nonsense all day long, do something positive for once. Go join the It Pays to Have Good Credit Facebook group and get the credit education you need at your fingertips. All right, so that first call is over. So as you heard, this man is literally working on his own credit and the credit bureau sent him a letter stating that we don't believe you sent us this dispute yourself you know resend it to us and people you know gotta realize you're paying for these stamps and envelopes and printing and uh copy paper and, and you know computer ink so people get frustrated when they send in disputes and i guess most people just think you know the credit bureaus are just throwing it away you know and, and based on my experience uh the credit bureaus are still investigating and deleting items even me myself i, I to this day i just still do not understand why the credit bureaus mainly transunion and experian are sending these stupid letters to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're using a third party company like a credit repair service. It doesn't matter if you are driving to the credit bureau yourself and dropping off your own dispute letter. They will automatically, nine times out of 10, see these stupid letters claiming they don't believe you made your own dispute letter. You know, I, I think it's just silly. Um, in this next call here, we are going to take a call from someone who spent money on, you know, mailing these disputes. This, this person has used a notary, um, you know, got these documents notarized, which I believe she said she spent over $200 um, getting some of these documents notarized. And the credit bureaus responded, we don't believe you did this when it's literally a notarized document. Uh, so let's go ahead and take in a second caller and let the audience listen to it. Okay, so really simple. I have pristine okay. immaculate on-time payment history with all of my current standing open accounts. Um, right. An issue is from like five years, like I don't know how many years ago, maybe like three or four years yeah. ago, I opened up an account with First Hawaiian Bank and um, it's negatively reported. It, it was a secured credit card. That's why I think this is ludicrous. But it was a secured credit card, and I closed with a zero balance. Um, like, and so, yeah, like, zero, like, like I paid everything. It was perfect. The issue was that they reported that I paid 60 days late, which is really inaccurate. It's not true. I did have a late payment. It wasn't 60 days late. So it's just a negative derogatory mark on my credit account, on my whole, like, it's it's just really detrimental to my overall credit score. It just keeps coming up. Oh, of course. And so I yeah. hired Lexington Law, which was a waste of my money for a year. Finally, I decided to just do my own research, and I started working with Dispute Panda. I think I've invested almost yep. like $200 on sending letters. I notarized my disputes to all three credit bureaus, and they had the nerve and audacity to send me back that automated letter stating, like, oh, we don't. We're not 100% sure if this is really you, even though I literally oh. notarized the letter, <laughs> which is impossible that it's not me. Who could notarize it for me with passport, et cetera? Right. So um, it's just the first disappointment. I know that you guys don't recommend using automated systems, but this one is the most new, advanced automated system. Um, there's different, like, it, it sends out different letters to different bureaus. They're all unique. They never are duplicated. It's a unique letter every single time with the AI. And, um, 
it just says, like, generally, you know, there are inaccuracies, and if you cannot, you know, verify these things, then you have to delete them, and then it's just there are Metro 2 laws cited, and then there is, like, different citations. I got, you know, I'm paying for it, so I also disputed all hard inquiries. But other than that, like, I have nothing major or aggressive, like, no bankruptcies, no credit that was charged. I don't owe anything to collections. That's why I think it's so unfair. And all of my current standing credit cards are perfect. So it's literally only one derogatory account. And if I was like trying to spoil myself a little bit, I'd be like, oh, let's remove those hard inquiries that, you know, have no open cards, cards that I was like, you know, I was rejected for. So there's no reason for them to be on my account. So I just received their first, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Their first letter to come out, their first stall letter. So it's like I can continue to just do it by myself, but I just don't know if maybe there's a different strategy. If you guys have advice, like what do I say in return? Do I need to send back the same letter just saying, oh, this is really neat? Because I watched his videos, obviously. Oh, yeah, thank you. No, this is what I would do. Uh, It it is very, very, very annoying that they are – and, and here's the thing. Before, um, this was everyone's, I guess, uh, pretty much we all got kind of got the same agreement of why the whole entire world is getting those responses. Um, initially, you know, we were thinking that they were just getting, I guess, slam packed with mail disputes every day. Uh, and they needed to get smarter and retaliate somehow. Yeah, yeah, they're getting like 10,000 disputes a day, so – if, if you look at it, these people that work at the credit bureaus, they are very, very lazy. So regard, regardless if you notarize things, you literally take a picture standing next to your letter, they're still going to send yeah, that to so you regardless. So, okay, yeah. yeah. So, Got I it. mean, I, I – yeah. Um, so as far as a, a notary, me personally, uh, I wouldn't pay for that because I don't do it for any of our clients. Because they're, they're just going to receive those letters regardless. doesn't matter. That's you know, exactly what I was That's exactly. I just yep. wanted to make sure that I did my best. Like, even though I'm doing it oh, alone, yeah, no. I've yeah, invested almost like $200. <laughs> I'm over-delivering. I'm sharp. I'm on point. I just got this letter today. I want to respond immediately. And just know, right. what, what should I do? Yeah. Yeah. So, so kind of like a little notarizing. You don't need to send certified mail or anything. You literally, <clears throat> you need to take I that response. I all of that. All of that, top dollar, yep. all of it. Because yeah. the reason yeah, because that that was, when you report it to the FCC, you need proof that you actually sent it in receipts and things like that. So I'm just generating all the evidence so that the FCC can't just close it and be like, oh, they responded, no proof. Like, no, I'm trying to make sure I protect myself in every way. Yeah. Yeah, what I would do at this point, and this is going to save you time and, of course, money, I would just file a CFPB complaint. It's free. And the CFPB is normal. Usually they kind of attack that type of stuff when it comes to stall letters. That's usually our next step with our clients. Uh, so I would highly suggest that you just create a uh, CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I deeply appreciate your consideration, and I definitely want to make this as quick and as efficient as possible because so I, I understand this is, like, you know, complimentary, this little console. So I deeply, deeply appreciate your time. I just want to be super quick with it. Um, have you guys stopped in his video from 10 months ago? He would respond to the stall letters once he even respond twice. You're saying you've learned your lesson. You can respond three, even four times at this point. You get the first stall letter and bam, automatically CFC report. That's it. Yeah. So whenever our client, yeah, if our clients get a stall letter, I would just use a 
CFPB complaint because the CFPB can pretty much tackle that type of stuff. Okay, CFPB, okay. Okay, and what would you say when you're disputing it? Um, this really was me. I notarized it. Send the proof, the receipts, the certified mail. Send everything and just stating what, that they're trying to claim that it isn't me when it's evident that it's me and that's what you report to the, C the CBF. <laughs> Sorry, that's Correct. what you say to them? Yep. Okay, yeah, that's what you guys yeah, would do. Literally and then what happens? Yeah. So you don't have to keep going back and forth relentlessly with them and try to reason with them. You send all that mail. You try, you try to reason with them one time, and then you can report them. Yep. Okay, because they sent me a letter back stating, according to a specific law, they don't need to respond to it because they're suspicious that it's not really me. And so I have a question again. Right. Um, is there any chance, again, because my case is super lightweight. I am willing to hire a credit yep. agency. Like, if I cannot do this by myself, I'm a 1,000% done. I'm paying top dollar to do it myself anyway for the same price I'm sure I can just hire you guys. So from this point forward, I'm the reason why I called is because I wanted prices. I'm dead serious. Like, I don't have time for this. I'm doing this. And um, another, so I guess my last question is, has the CS, when you guys have reported that, have they ever just done case closed? Like, oh, well, they had reason to doubt to believe that it wasn't you, and then they just closed the case to investigate and then prompt Experian or whomever to delete it, or did they just kind of just, like, override it and delete it? Or after CFP, like, coordinates with them, then you have to still work with Experian and try to work it out with them. Like, what happens after I report it? Have you guys ever received the CFPB, whatever, going, oh, sorry, this case is closed. Because online I read a girl did that, and they were like, oh, your case is closed, type of thing. It depends is on the situation. So, it, Okay. Yeah, so whenever you initially sent out that dispute, and they send you that stall letter, of course. So what the CFPB does, it forces them to go ahead and process that investigation. Now, Things are deleted off your credit report if it cannot be verified, there's an error, it's incomplete, or there's just simply no response. So the only thing that the CFPB is just taking action and processing that dispute. Once the dispute is processed, if there's a way to where, um, I guess if you say you're, what, 60 days late and you really wasn't, if that's the case, then, yeah, once mm -hmm. they find that error, then, yes, it will be deleted off your credit report. But, again, that is only if it's due to a reason for it to be deleted. I understand that completely. Do I need to pro provide yep. evidence or an elucidation or explain the how, is it, how it is? I approved? would. I, so, if it was me, I would, before I even submit that complaint, I would get all information possible as far as maybe a, a screenshot of your, your bank account making the payment on time or if you can log into your account and see exactly which date you made. It's a closed account. Pretty, okay, yeah. So, I mean, if, in that case, you, you may not can't provide the information, but usually, you know, just respond to that stall letter, explain exactly what's going on in detail, literally everything that you just told me. And then the CFPB can kind of tackle it from there. And usually, you know, the credit bureaus will get more serious because it is annoying that you notarize them or not or send certified. They are literally sending every single person in the world those crazy letters initially. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so I guess, and again, my last question, thank you so much for your time. I deeply appreciate your thoughtful time and consideration. Thank you so much. I guess my yep. last question is, um, what do I do if the CFPB like closes it and says, "Oh, they were," like, like if the, if the if Experian disclosed this information is is it is accurate and verified, 
Is that all they need to do, or do they need to provide them with proof and evidence that it's accurate and verified? Yep. So that's part of the, I guess, time-consuming part. If they do respond with something like that, don't give up. Just try again. Submit another dispute or complaint through the CFPB. And also, as you're doing it for the credit bureaus, do one towards the creditor as well. So you're you're not just getting stuck with one method here. Do it for both, each credit bureau that it's reporting to and also the creditor itself. Oh, I am. I did it to all three, but I just received the response for experience, so I just want to attack them as I go. So you're saying from this point on, stop disputing it with the Bureau. Now it's only CFPB, and then if they respond and say, oh, this is complete and accurate, then I send another letter both to the Credit Bureau and to the CFPB again. Like you're saying, like, oh, well, I need verification. I'm hiring evidence. And there's a specific letter that they'll generate to be like, well, if this is true, then I need proof. Most of the time, they don't produce proof, and then you're able to just be like, okay, you didn't respond, and then you, re- you report that, and then it gets deleted. So you're saying from this point on, stop with the Bureau, go directly CFPB, and then see what happens. Yes, because the CFPB is pretty much going to override um, the credit bureaus from sending you those silly stall letters. And usually right. it's just experience. I appreciate it so much. Yep. Okay, yeah. and then, yeah, I know, Equifax is the best. Like, seriously, they're just no yeah. drama. The credit score is the highest over there. I, I understand it. Maybe it might even just get deleted right away with them. Welcome to Sturgis Credit Repair, your partner in financial growth. Join the thousands we've empowered by significantly boosting their credit scores. Our automated system thoroughly scans your credit reports for any errors. We actively work with credit bureaus to rectify these issues, effectively improving your credit scores. Skip the hassle of DIY credit repair methods, they are often ineffective. Our experienced credit specialists develop personalized strategies tailored for you. Plus, we offer valuable credit education at no extra cost. We're committed to providing you with transparent, effective credit repair services. We keep you updated every step of the way. So, ready to take control of your credit? Visit SturgisCreditRepair.com to get started with a free month of our service. Sign up or schedule a consultation to begin your journey to better credit. All right. So as we all heard in that previous call, uh, she was not having it, you know, uh, very frustrated as I would be, too, if I was you know, spending all of this money on getting documents notarized, which you don't have to. But I mean, if you want to go the extra step and prove that it's you who are, you know, making these uh, credit repair letters or these dispute letters, um, and it's not some type of, you know, scam stating that, you know, this is identity theft and, you know, stuff like that. Of course, the credit bureaus are just going to ignore that these days. But if you are spending any type of money on stamps or, you know, in time is money. If you're doing it online and you're not buying stamps and you're literally sitting here, um, you know, disputing things and you're taking time, looking through your credit reports, finding errors, seeing what's inaccurate and things like that, that, you know, takes away from everything. So it does get very frustrating when you're working on your credit and you get a letter in the mail stating that, you know, we don't believe this is you do it again. Um, you know, I just say ignore it. Just keep going at it. Eventually, you will start seeing some uh, some results like we do here at Sturgis Credit Repair. Um, but yeah, I would be just as frustrated as that last caller was. Um, <clears throat> so the last call of this episode here, we are going to talk about a, you know, a nice lady who had late payments reporting to her credit. And instead of us signing her up for the credit repair service, uh, 
we're just gonna give her some free advice and you know kind of go over what we do here and what she should do on her own and not pay money you know for something as minor as this call is about to be uh, I, I think anybody out there would appreciate that so uh, let's take in this last call of this episode those late payments are during the pandemic when things got a little you know shifty at work for me um, I caught back up on the uh, payments and I've been on auto pay for that particular account right for over a year now so I was hoping that that would mean something but I think you know as far as I can see those are the things that still have me like kind of stagnant okay um are those late payments that's on that account um are those the only thing that's negative on your credit do you have anything else like collections or anything no collections nothing okay. else just those right. six late payments yes ma'am all right, perfect. Sounds easy enough. Um, so as far as you doing things on your own, okay, let, let's talk about um, what what exactly did you do or I guess which, which methods did you use to dispute those? Was it just on the app or online or how exactly did you go about that? Um, just writing a letter asking for them to be removed. I didn't really dispute, Okay. you know, them because I know that they're valid. Yeah. Um, just explaining the situation, um, the timing being that it was during COVID, was hoping that Correct. that would work for me. Um, and they told me that they could not do anything about it. Um, yeah, that's all, that's really all I did to try to get them off. The other thing okay. I, I did like a pay for delete for some other stuff. Right. A gym membership that again, during COVID, the gym closed down. Exactly. At that time, I changed my bank, and the automatic payment went to my old card, and, you know, I wasn't keeping a track of that. I just totally forgot about that until I had, like, $174 go into collections, and I'm like, what right. is this? Yeah. And so I fixed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I fixed that, and they were nice enough to um, contact the bureaus and get that removed right. from my report. But, yeah, um, that, that's good, because a lot of those companies, um, especially third-party companies nowadays, uh, regardless if you pay or not, you know, they, they kind of refuse to take that off. Every now and then, there's a handful of debt collectors that will accept that paper deletion. So uh, moving forward to your exact situation, um, late payments, of course, are a little bit more difficult to remove because, one, like you said, the um, the information is accurate, it's yours, the account is yours. Now, normally when people sign up for any type of credit service out there, most of this stuff is charged off accounts or reported by third-party companies, and those things are a little bit easier. Now, with late payments, uh, say, so you really just have two options to go with those. Now, the first option, which is why I asked, was what you pretty much did, uh, which pretty much got an answer, you know, that is called a goodwill request. A lot of times you can send letters and just ask them politely, explain what happened. Sometimes, maybe 30% of the time, depending on which bank or creditor it is, they will agree to remove those late payments. We see it happen plenty of times here. Um, now, again, that's about a 30% chance that some of those banks are going to accept that, which in your case, sadly, they did not. So the second route of going is directly through the credit bureaus. And I know you say you haven't tried this yet because, you know, it is mm -hmm. your, your account or whatever. But when you dispute something, you're not just stating that this doesn't belong to me or this isn't right. Um, 
as a consumer, you have rights. So you can literally ask the credit bureaus to request verification. You know, it's the bank's job to prove that it's your accounts or this uh, payment information is uh, is accurate. So without even signing up for a credit repair service, I would even recommend you doing that because even our clients here who have late payments on their credit with open accounts, we have gotten late payments removed uh, just by going through the credit bureaus. To be honest with mm. you, like I said, with late payments, it's not like if it was a debt collection company and I got 10 different routes to go. With late payments, it's literally two things. One, if the creditor is going to accept it or not. That's the easiest thing. Once we get that no from them, we just stop messing with them. We go directly through the credit bureaus because sometimes the bank may not respond in time. That's one way. And, you know, by law, the credit bureaus just update the information and remove the late payment, which is what you're disputing, because you're right. not going to dispute the entire account. You're just disputing the late payment history, two different things. Um, so I would recommend just doing that for at least, you know, one or two attempts. Um, now, doing that route, usually the success rate with that is about 60 65%. Um, you know, it's not close enough to that, you know, guarantee to come off because nothing is guaranteed, but it's mm -hmm. much higher than going directly. It's almost double the results than going directly through the creditor and just say, hey, look, this is what happened. Will you be willing to update this? Because, like I said, 70% of the time they will say no, and they're supposed to. So, um, you know, that's what we do with our clients here. Once we get that initial no from the creditor, mm -hmm. we just dispute through the credit bureaus. Uh, pretty much write down uh, or highlight all of the late payments. And another thing, there can be errors on that account. Nine times mm -hmm. out of ten, that account is going to be reporting differently to all three credit bureaus, and that's another consumer right that you have the right to have this information deleted or updated on your credit report, and that's a public law. All this stuff is on Google and things like that. So that's, mm -hmm. that's things that we look for uh, if the account is incomplete. Uh, which means the credit bureaus, in order for them to report something, certain things have to be reported on that account. And you would be surprised how how often um, things like the last payment made or the uh, monthly payment amount or the payment date each month, some things are not reported on the account, and that is now considered an incomplete account, which, again, you have the right to have the information deleted or update it upon your request once you dispute it. Um, but nine times out of ten, sometimes they may not even respond whenever the credit bureaus are involved, and things kind of work out in your favor. So that's that's pretty much how we work on late payments because, like I say, it's way less options to do, um, you know, for clients who have more, I guess, bigger things in their credit. Like I said, late payments, you literally just got two routes, you know, going with the credit bureaus or directly with that one-time request, uh, Goodwill request. Okay. Thank you for um, for explaining that. Now, does any of that change because the account is still open and active? Because nope. I don't want to be – oh, okay, thank you, because no. I don't want to be doing anything that's going to – you know. But here's the thing. There's a lot of ignorant people in the world, and they, they see all this stuff on TikTok and YouTube. Mm -hmm. Facebook, they, I've been <laughs> – They just see yeah. letters, and they don't read the letter. They just send them out, and all of these little fake credit repair letters just say, oh, this account isn't mine, dispute it, and you will be surprised – 
Um, sometimes, depending on the bank, Capital One is real good about this. If Capital One received a um, dispute of you claiming that the account is fraud, they will automatically close that account. And here's the catch. When they close that account and they really think it's fraud, and then they find out that you really applied for it, they will charge off that account. They will not reopen it. They will list it as a charge off and say you're responsible for that unpaid debt that they, you know, close the account. Mm-hmm. So right. do something with the credit bureaus. Again, doesn't matter if the account is open or late. You're just disputing the payment history. So be sure that you notate that. And like I said, I would just try that. Give it a shot for, you know, one or two times. Mm-hmm. Um if 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 there's literally nothing else in your credit, I, I wouldn't even sign up for for a credit repair service. I mean, although our first month is free, is you just having this these six payments on there? You know, I, I wouldn't sign up for a service because this is literally something that can, um, you know, something less serious. You know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does. I'm just like wondering why it went from you know because I had so many other things on there before. Right. And now that I have less work to do on it, I'm just wondering, you know why? And, and I know, you know, it's no magic or anything yeah. like that, but, it, you know, with the number just staying where it is, not going up and just, you know, and I'm doing everything right, I, I um, you know, automatically got, like, approved for, you know, a different car through American Express, and I was, like, in Amex jail forever, like, with the, just $1,000, and then it increased my balance, and then they sent yep. me a different um, a different card and a different care, but the thing is, I'm like my, that number. Like my numbers are not really moving, and I was wondering how much of an impact those, you know, those late payments. And even if you said like to, you know, contact the bureaus themselves to dispute the late payments, what am I actually disputing? Because I know that they are late. Like, what am I yep. saying? Am I asking for some kind of, you know, like a pass? I don't know. I don't know what I'm asking for. <laughs> So, so with our clients, um, okay, let's let's do this because this is probably going to make more sense. So, if I have a customer um, who's probably just like you, and it's literally one thing in their credit, which may be a late payment, the very first thing outside of requesting the creditor to delete it, clearly they may just say no seventy percent of the time. But my first goal is to dispute through the credit bureaus and, you know, pretty much notate what you're disputing, the late payment history only, the account belongs to you, you're not disputing if the account is yours or not. Um, but I'm literally asking them to verify uh, the payment history. Usually about 60 to 65% of the time, you know, that late payment may come off due to multiple reasons. One, the creditor just simply may not respond to it in time or at all. Or two, you know, the information that they receive from the creditor may not match what they reported to your credit report for that month or the previous month. Because every month, believe it or not, your credit report changes. One month, and I see it every day, one month as far as errors, uh, a bank may or the credit bureau may report that you pay this amount every month and your payment is on the 15th every month. And then next month, the credit bureau may put, you know, everything different. They may put your payment is on the 20th every month and your payment is $5 higher. They literally, and I don't know how this stuff even gets wrong on people's credit report, but um, just from Googling uh, statistics, it shows that maybe 80 to 83% of consumers mm-hmm. in the U.S. 
has errors on their credit report. It's insane. So regardless oh. if it's good or bad, literally something is going to be wrong. I don't see how because all of this stuff is is sent over electronically. So if the bank is stating that, you know, you paid this month and you're paying this much and it literally goes to me electronically, how are they getting stuff wrong on credit reports? I, to this day, still have no answer for that. I think it's crazy mm -hmm. how so much wrong information is reported, but it happens 24-7. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so I would just request verification on the payment history. Uh, you may have a 60% chance of that. Next, on the uh, the second round, I would request to get a, I guess, a printout of your full credit report. Um, I don't think the credit monitoring apps are going to do that. You may have to get your uh, your yearly free credit report from, uh, what's the site name, my annual credit report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can mm -hmm. print out of that and just go, it's time consuming, I'm not going to lie, but just go by line after line after line and just compare all three credit bureaus. And you're even going to be like, wow, this isn't even matching up, <laughs> you know, so you'd be surprised. And just point out the errors and just say, hey, due to these errors, this is a inaccurate reporting. Um, I do not wish for the account to be removed because it is building your credit since it's still open. You're just mm -hmm. going to request that the late payment information will be updated. And like I said, you have a consumer right at that point. You can request for it to be removed or deleted. That's a public law. You can Google that. It's literally your decision how you want them to uh, react to that. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh I would I would literally just do that. Um, you know, don't don't sign up for a service just for for, you know, literally late payments. Mm -hmm. Um if you had like multiple charge offs and things like that, then yeah, but you know, late payments. Um because the the chances of I guess the methods that you have are way less slim and you have less options than, you know, other things that will be reporting to your credit. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted I wanted to get better. I'm not in a rush. I've been going through this for three years. I've been yep. fixing it. Um yep. I've been making all my payments on time. I, you know, and um now with the new tier of the Amex card I've been only spending what I know that I have and I've been paying right. off the full balance um every month and that's the first for me. So this year, since last year's November um, not last year, November, November 2022, I started doing that, like paying my full balance on my credit cards mm -hmm. and using what I need and paying it off. And, um, you know, I'm like, come on now, look at me. <laughs> you know, like I'm doing my little thing over here, but you know, I'm just, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to do that. Um, right. but it's like, you know, I, I want it to, sh I want it to show a little bit and, um, mm -hmm. because I would like to, um, finance a vehicle soon. I have a vehicle that I'm still paying on that is no longer in use. The the vehicle uh the engine is, is busted on it and right. I'm paying five hundred dollars a month for a vehicle that I can't drive. You know, mm -hmm. so I'm driving like my other vehicle but the one that I'm paying five hundred a month for, I can't drive it and nobody wants it and I still owe too much on it. So Right. You know, just you know, just trying to make sure that when I do go or request financing, that my score is a little bit better, so I can get a little bit of a better um, term on the loan, as opposed to what I'm always getting, you know, in the past. So. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you'll be fine. And here's the thing. So I get a lot of consultations that went literally just like this. Um, mm-hmm. I can promise you, you probably had no idea that I was going to give you advice to do this on your own, huh? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> a, a lot of these people, um, I wouldn't really call them credit repair companies. You know, I, I, I pretty much do this. Um, this business that I have with Sturgis Credit Repair, I've had this for a little over half a decade now. And mm-hmm. literally since I've been in business, yeah, marketing helps here and there, but just being honest to people helps out way more than anything else. You know, the word of mouth comes in. The, I get so many customers who return to me. You know, they've gotten their credit fixed or maybe something happened um, to where they need to sign up again. You know, just being straight up and being honest with people, you know, it's going to grow the business well more than just forcing people to sign up for your service every single time you talk to somebody. You know, I, I yes. <laughs> um, I, I know the bad name that credit repair companies have because I used to look at everything as a scam when before I was even in the service or even thought of, you know, being interested mm-hmm. in credit. Um, but before I got into it, I was I, I literally, you know, looked at credit repair companies the same. So, you know, just being honest with people and um, things like that, but, which I've had many phone calls and I, I've talked people through it. And I had one guy, he would call every month. And he would just call asking for advice. And he literally told me, yeah, I haven't did it yet, you know. Um, or, like, for example, he called just like you're calling right now. I told him what to do. He literally mm-hmm. just had one thing on his credit, and it was like six years old. And I'm like, well, look, it falls off in a year. Why would you pay a credit repair service? Like, what, what type of rush are you in? So instead of signing him up for the service, I'm like, look, this is going to fall off in a year. You know, do this on your own. This is only the only thing you credit. Don't pay money for a service if it falls off naturally or you can get this one thing off by yourself, you know. Right, uh, right. I gave him some advice. He called, uh, he called me back like two or three months later and said, hey, Chris, you know, you, you gave me some advice. I still haven't done it yet. You know, what I need to do again? And I told him again. And then <laughs> a month later, he called me back and just said, look, I don't got time for this. I don't want to buy mail and all this. I'm going to just pay you guys and uh, I think it literally came off the very first attempt, which the first month was free anyway. But uh, what I'm getting at, he literally could have done this himself, and it would have came off the first round because that collection that was on there was from a debt collector out of state that went out of business. So the credit bureaus went to verify this information, and there was no response because the business is no longer in business. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so easy. I mean, it costed, you know, mailing fees on my side, but, I mean, I don't care about that. But, right, uh, right. You know, just, just sitting down and educating people and being honest with people and teaching them how to do it. And even if you need help in the future, you know, I'm here to help you with that. Um, that's, that's pretty much what I love in the business. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I, I, if I, I have spoken to you in the past. It's like yeah. it's, oh, it was over a year when I was still, you know, I was beginning to, um, you know, do some things, and I had right. a, I, I had an account that, that yeah. yeah, I spoke to you. That's why you know I, I filled out for the consultation, and I appreciate you speaking to me this time. But you were, you know, very accurate, very clear. Yeah. and very understanding with the right, situation right. because this could be very, you know, sometimes, you know, these situations could be sometimes embarrassing or, or oh, whatever, exactly. but you handled it very professionally, and I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I definitely appreciate that feedback for sure. <laughs>
All right. So I'm going to um I'm going to do that, but yeah, that's that's really it. That's the thing that's on there. I don't expect to, you know, for it to fly off and then all of a sudden I have an 800 score, but you know, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that it does do a little something, you know. Where where where, where were your scores sitting at again? Um right now is like 715. Okay. Right. Let's see if I can open my cycle really quick just to um just to verify, but yeah. Those oh, are you're, you're you're in a good position. People are are dying to get halfway there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is the spot for sure. Yeah, I definitely yeah. Wouldn't, um, wouldn't even. I mean, if you if you if you didn't have the time, then yeah, I wouldn't roll you. But other than that, if you would have called and told me your scores were in the seven hundreds. I would have been like, look, let's let's help you do this yourself, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it was five nine, it was five eighty nine. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, you came a long so, way. I came a long way, right. but yeah, it's right now it's saying seven twelve on two of the bureaus, and on Experian is saying six ninety one. So right. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be fine. So based on that, being you know lower seven hundreds. Literally, the only thing that's holding you back then are those um, that late payment history reporting. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else sounds good. Just from just from hearing that you're in the seven hundreds with negative payments reporting, that means your credit card utilization is either paid or low, very low. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You have low amount of inquiries, uh, mm-hmm. and then you have strong positive credit history because. Uh, with late payment reporting, usually your scores would probably be in the low 600s or upper 500s if your credit cards were maxed out, you didn't have much credit history that's positive and things like that. So just from hearing where your scores are with late payment stuff still reporting, that goes to show you how strong your credit really is. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't applied for anything in over two years. Um yep. So for that, I I'm good, and then I kept the utilization really low. Right now, it's saying eight percent, but I think it probably should be a little bit lower than that because I've been paying everything, you know, like in full every single month. Um, so, honey, sorry, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah. but thank you. I you know I really appreciate you taking the time to to let me know that, and like you said, not you know just being you know honest and um. You know about that. I appreciate that because it is kind of, kind of overwhelming sometimes reading things online and not knowing which way to go with it. <laughs> Ladies, let me talk to y'all for a minute. For y'all that watch or listen to these episodes, check out Sheep Me Jury. There are earrings for every season of the year, every holiday, every occasion. I mean, I'm a guy, and when I checked out these earrings, when they asked to be a sponsor for this podcast, I'm like, wow, man, it, it just blows my mind of the different themes there are for earrings. I mean, it uh, doesn't matter if you're going to a St. Patrick parade or a Christmas parade. I mean, there's literally earrings based on the theme, whatever your favorite football team is. I mean, they literally have an earring or any type of theme style jewelry there is just for y'all so if you're a lady and you like to stay updated with fashion check out chicmejewelry.com and go grab you a pair and have it shipped to your doorstep all right so there you have it i hope anyone who's uh listening to this episode realized that 
there are some good people in the credit repair industry such as myself with sturgis credit repair um you know and like i said it's not all the companies out there who are trying to scam people and all of these fake so-called credit people on instagram and tiktok that's not even a licensed business you know it's literally only 10 percent of them everybody else is you know mainly legit credit repair companies so i mean you really don't got to worry about it too much if you ever you know were to hire a credit repair service you know but if it's anything that's a red flag like they don't have a website no reviews um no social media post and you know clearly i would stay away from that person but um you know but hopefully this episode helped anyone that's out there who's listening maybe some of these callers had a similar situation as you um so hopefully some of y'all were able to uh take some advice from these calls see how we handle customers on a daily basis you know we're not all about just signing somebody up for a service and having them you know pay for getting things deleted and things like that you know of course clearly that's the main point of the the service is to help people who don't have time to do it themselves uh but you know this is what i like to do every single day i like to consult with people talk to people and just give them some advice and look you know they just simply do not have time or they just gave up on it well that's where i come in wrong you know so uh i want to be that last option if you just simply just give up and just don't have time to do this yourself uh then definitely reach out to sturgis credit repair but that is it for this episode stay tuned for the next one if you use credit to improve your lifestyle and would like to share your story on the it pays to have good credit podcast feel free to reach out to us at info at sturgiscreditrepair.com sturgis is spelled s-t-i-r-g-u-s creditrepair.com 